Hey everyone, it's Caleb, and I'm so excited that you've decided to spend a few minutes of your day here with me listening on the Learner's Corner podcast. And today, I'm so grateful to be joined by Ethan Cross, who has recently released a brand new book called Chatter. And the subtitle is The Voice in Our Head, Why It Matters, and How to Harness It. And I'm so excited to bring you our conversation. It's a great book as well. I highly recommend it. And uh, before I tell you a little bit about Ethan and move into our conversation, I do want to give a couple of quick shout outs to Sam Massey, who has created the music for this podcast, and Gare Oler, who edits this podcast. I'm so grateful for the both of them and for all the work that they do to help make the podcast so much better, because if it was just me, it would not be as good as it is today. And so super grateful for the both of them. Also, if this happens to be your first time listening to the Learner's Corner podcast, I want to tell you that this is a safe place to have difficult conversations. Because if you're like me, uh, and you've been going through life uh, long enough, and you find yourself to be a learner, you quickly realize that there are certain subjects that are off limits for certain people. Um, because it either triggers something in them, or they're very upset by it. Or uh, and because of that, maybe it leads to them uh, maybe judging you, or maybe it leads to uh, shame as well. And they're upset that you're talking about it or whatever it might end up being. And for one reason or another, that subject is off limits because, and it puts them in a defensive posture because of that. And here on the Learner's Corner, we really want to create an environment to where we can have those difficult conversations in a safe way, in a safe place, because this is a podcast for learners. And we believe that we can learn from anyone, everyone, anything, and everything. This is a podcast for lifelong learners. And I'm decide- I'm so excited that you have decided to join, at least for today, the journey of lifelong learning with us. And so I want to tell you a little bit about Ethan before we get into the conversation. Ethan is one of the world's leading experts on controlling the conscious mind. He is an award-winning professor in the University of Michigan's top-ranked psychology department and its Ross School of Business, and he is the director of the Emotion and Self-Control Laboratory. Ethan has participated in policy discussion at the White House and has been interviewed about his research on CBS Evening News, Good Morning America, Anderson Cooper, Full Circle, and NPR's Morning edition. His research has been featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the New Yorker, the New England Journal of Medicine and Science. And without any further wait, here is my conversation with Ethan Cross about his brand new book, Chatter. Well, Ethan, I'm so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast today to talk about your brand new book, Chatter, the voice in our head, why it matters, and how to harness it. Thanks for having me, Caleb. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, and, and just as we were talking, it's uh, it's incredible how relevant the book is because I was just telling you, like I, I just had uh, a conversation today to which is still rolling around um, in my head and trying to trying to just battle against it. And, yeah. and uh, just as we're getting started, I just I always love to hear about what made someone 
want to pursue the work that they're pursuing in this, whether that be, you know, a specific event or events or a story or something like that. So what what made you want to pursue this work with Chatter? Well, uh, you know, it, it actually stems from an early experience. So growing up, my dad used to always encourage me to introspect, uh, to reflect on my problems when any any problems came up. And that was a tool that that I relied on throughout my childhood and, and adolescence. And then something strange happened. It's, it's a tool that served me well. And then when I went to college, I took my first psychology class. We halfway through the semester, we came up on a topic of on the topic of introspection. And I learned that a lot of people, a lot of the time, don't end up benefiting from reflecting on their problems, but it actually makes them feel worse. Uh, it leads them to ruminate or worry or catastrophize or experience what I call chatter, which is really this getting stuck in a negative cycle of thinking and feeling where you can't think your way out of the situation. And so a big giant puzzle popped up in my head, which is, why are some people able to benefit from turning their attention inward to introspect in some cases, but other people in other cases don't benefit. And in fact, they become vulnerable to it. Mm-hmm. And so I spent the past 20 years trying to figure that out. Yeah. Where, where are some of the, the common trip ups or the common pitfalls that you see that people tend to run into whenever it comes to, you know, the chatter, the voice in our head? Well, you know, Everyone has different triggers, uh, and that's what makes it difficult. All, there are a few common features, though, that can stoke the negative voice in our head and lead us yeah. to start worrying and ruminating. Uh, one is uncertainty, and another is lack of control. So not not really um, human beings, we human beings, we love to know that things are certain and that we can control things. It makes It makes the world around us a lot safer and more predictable and easier to navigate. And so when we lack those features, we we can start to get a little chattery. And, you know, right now, for example, I think we've been living through the past year, the chatter event of the century, if you will, right? Because if you think about it, all the ingredients for uh, an explosion of chatter, we're facing a situation like that. A once a once in a century pandemic that up until recently we didn't know how it how we were going if we when we come out of this we still don't know although things are looking a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, political instability political um, uh, social discord and distrust between individuals so there's a lot of countervailing forces that can cause us to to experience this aversive state. Mm-hmm. What are some signs that might be able to help us self-diagnose what our triggers are for our chatter? Uh, Well, ironically, I think being somewhat introspective there can be helpful. So uh, people often ask, uh, well, let let me back up here. Mm -hmm. Experiencing chatter, you know, there's nothing, if you experience chatter, that's a a normal part of being a human and living. I think many, the the great overwhelming majority of people experience it to some degree. Can it become really intense and extreme and and be linked with things like clinical manifestations of anxiety and depression? Yes. But really in my book, Chatter, I'm, I'm dealing mostly with the kind of the everyday problems of living that we all experience from time to time. And 
Some people want to know, well, how do you know if you're experiencing chatter? I think most people know it when they're in it, right? Like, as you said yeah. before, you're still thinking about this. Uh, yeah. Many people have the experience of when they're experiencing chatter, they they read a book or they go to read a, cha- a chapter in a book, get five pages into it and realize, what did I just read? I know I actually read the words, but I don't remember a thing. That's because the chatter is all consuming, right? It's mm-hmm. occupied, it's soaking up what we call your working memory, the the circuitry that helps you make sense of, of information or it partly helps. So I think people know it when they're experiencing it. And I think you want to just do a kind of analysis to think like, okay, well, what are my chatter triggers? Because once you know what those are, then you have information that can help you uh, navigate the world, hopefully a little bit more effectively. Mm-hmm. What What have you seen is maybe the cost that comes from not dealing with our chatter? Experiencing chatter can have a variety of really significant negative consequences. And I, I like to break it down into three three domains. The first thing that chatter can do is it undermines your ability to think and perform at school and work. So when you're consumed, when you're zoomed in on a problem and narrowly focused on it and you're spinning over it, you have, you have the, the mental resources we have are all being devoted to fixating on that problem. That makes it very difficult to do our homework or prepare for a presentation we have to do at work and so forth and so on. And there's a lot of data showing that chatter in the form of worry and rumination can have really intense negative uh, implications for thinking and performing. Another thing that it can do is it can uh, interfere with our relationships, our personal relationships. We, when we talk about our, we often talk about our negative feelings when we have them with others. Emotions act like jet fuel that often motivates us to share them. And one of the things that happens when we get stuck is we talk about our negative feelings and then we keep talking about them and we keep talking about them because they remain active. And so that can, in some cases, have the unfortunate consequence of pushing those we love away from us. Uh, Finally, chatter can influence our health. So, you know, a lot of people think that stress is a killer. It's a bad thing. Experiencing stress on its own is a really useful response. The stress response is this amazingly elegant biological solution to facing threats in our environment. When we encounter a threat, stress is what quickly mobilizes us to respond to that threat in different ways, fight or flee. When stress gets toxic is when our stress levels go up and they remain elevated chronically over time, Mm -hmm. right? Our stress response doesn't come down. And one of the things that chatter does is it potentiates, it keeps those stress levels active, right? Because you're you're essentially recreating the stressor in your head. You're activating it and then you keep thinking about it and you keep thinking about it. And so that that partly explains how chatter helps explain how, how stress can get under the skin to influence your physical health. So, so you know, thinking and performing at work, your relationships and your physical and emotional health and well-being, these are very important features of our life and chatter is linked with all of them. Yeah, I I want to go back to um, you know, earlier you had mentioned introspection and I absolutely love uh 
how, how you define that, and you say, you know, introspection simply means actively paying attention to one's own thoughts and feelings. Um, and you've already, even you already have mentioned how sometimes that can be harmful uh, of being too introspective with it. Uh, how can you tell the difference between healthy introspection and unhealthy introspection? Well, first of all, I want to emphasize that introspection is not always bad. It can, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think it's one of our, our species superpowers. The ability to, um, to introspect, to reflect on our thoughts and feelings is, is certainly partly responsible for our ability to innovate and, and, and create and problem solve. So it's an amazing tool. I certainly wouldn't want to live a life without the ability to introspect. How can you tell when when the good form of introspection morphs into chatter? Well, I think I think it's often apparent because we find ourselves a not feeling good. Chatter is a negative state, and we're in it. We're we can't stop thinking. Mm. We're, we're perseverating over over a particular problem, so we don't stop thinking about it. And when you find that you're spending more time than you should thinking about a negative experience and not making any progress not problem solving or working through, you're just bathing in the negativity, that's that's a cue that you're experiencing chatter. Mm-hmm. D- does, uh, like, as you were talking, I started thinking I would love to run this by you. Is it, is it almost that, like, from time to time, whenever I'm, like, introspective, sometimes it feels like I'm I'm slower than anything or mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm more calm whenever I'm thinking about it. Is do you see any relation to that at all in the form of healthy chatter or any thoughts on that? Uh, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit more about the calmness. Um, like it just almost seems like I'm at I'm at peace with it. Like almost like not in like a state of flow or something like that, but just everything seems very like very slow. It doesn't seem like I'm rushing. It doesn't seem like I'm like I'm uh, like fast paced. If that when makes you're sense. experiencing chatter, yeah. Well, um, you know, I mean, that's a unique experience. I would say mm-hmm. uh, uh, people often describe experiencing chatter as 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 frenzied in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like their thoughts are pinging back and forth, and they don't they're having trouble controlling their thoughts. And yeah. And and so I would say that's one of the defining features of it. In terms of feeling slow, we know that experiencing chatter can can lead people to feel tired. It can mm-hmm. sap your energy because you're you're devoting a huge amount of mental mental energy to working on this problem, right? Yeah. So let me figure out how am I how am I going to figure out this case of being I was rejected yeah. and insulted? But you're not finding a solution, so you're not progressing. So you're it's like. You know the the visual analog might be you're you're a gerbil on an exercise wheel and you're running 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 but you're not getting anywhere, mm-hmm. and so that can be quite quite draining and depleting, and so that might help explain your experience there. Well, I, I was going to say I think uh, my slowness is more of like a like the healthy introspection, and that was that's I guess kind of what I was asking is like is that something that you've tended to see of like. Oh, I see. The healthy. Yeah. Oh, so when you slow yeah. down, yeah, because um, I, because I'm with you. Because very much, it's like I. It's almost. It feels like I'm out of control of my thoughts, or like it's very hard. It's like thought after thought after thought. But uh, I guess what I'm asking is like there are times to where it feels like everything is 
is slower. Like the thoughts that I'm thinking about or in the in the conversation that I'm having with somebody, almost everything slows down. And I was just curious, is, is that tied to healthy introspection or? I see. Well, you know, I think it, healthy introspection can take many different forms and yeah. has many different flavors if you think about it. It's involved. It can be involved in creativity, focused problem solving, but certainly having the experience of things being very fluent mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Because when chatter is often chaotic, it's disordered. We're not finding solutions, and I think what you're describing to me is that when you're in a in a healthier state you're thinking more logically one thought is flowing to the next to mm-hmm. the next and it's a, a seamless way of reasoning and thinking and that certainly makes sense yeah I, I want to hit on uh more of so like if you're experiencing chatter what are some of the healthy like what can we do in a healthy way to help us battle against this chatter because just as you were saying like if you're Anyone who's listening has probably experienced it already today. Right. So um, the good news is that there are lots of of tools, science based tools that that we, you know we've we've discovered. Um, mm-hmm. Scientists have discovered that people can use, um, and I like to organize them into three buckets. I, in in Chatter, the book, I talk about these tools. I'll, I'll just give you a few examples because there yeah. are lots of them. Uh, so there are things you could do on your own to try to manage these internal conversations we have with ourselves. Then there are another category of tools involve things, ways of interacting and talking with other people in our lives. And then finally, ways of navigating our physical spaces, like ways of, of interacting with the environment that can help us manage our chatter from the outside in. So let me give you an example from, yeah. from each one. Uh, so one thing we could do on our own is Uh, try to get some distance from our experience, try to step back and coach ourselves through a problem like we're talking to someone else. So we are much better at uh, giving advice to others than we are taking our own advice. This is, there's even a name for this, it's called Solomon's Paradox, named after the Bible's King Solomon, who is famously adept at at, at at doling out sound advice to others, but you know he, he his kingdom crumbled because he didn't act very wisely. Yeah, and so I think this is this is very true of many people. Um, it's easier for us to counsel others than it is ourselves. What what we've learned is that there are ways of getting people to coach themselves through a problem, like they were coaching someone else, and you can use language to do it. So the next time you're trying to work through a problem, try to coach yourself through it using your own name. Right, so you might say, Caleb. All right, how we're, how 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 are you going to solve this? The reason we think this works is we use names when we think about and refer to other people. Right, so most of the times that you're using names, you're talking to other people, you're thinking about them, and so the idea is when you use your own name to think about yourself, it's almost like a psychological jujitsu move, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's a way of shifting your perspective on yourself using language. And so that's one tool that we find can be useful for managing chatter. Uh, another thing is, is, is finding the right people to talk to. So when we experience strong negative emotions, they often act as, as, as jet fuel. They compel us. We're highly motivated to talk about our feelings with others. And, and talking can help, but not always. So you have mm-hmm. to be careful about who you talk to. 
The reason is that when we are looking for chatter support, there are two things that are that we're, we need to get out of a conversation. The first is uh, empathy from the other person. So, you know, it's it's nice it's nice to know that there's someone there who's there to listen to us share our feelings. But just venting our feelings to someone else in and of itself is not sufficient. And, and this is something that isn't always broadcasted. A lot of people think just venting is good. Actually, venting can make us feel closer and more connected to the people we talk to, but it doesn't help us deal with the problems that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's because to deal with those problems, we don't just need to express them. We also need to change the way we think about them, to broaden our perspective. And so ideally, a conversation with someone else does two things. It both validates how we feel. So we know there's someone there to care about, that cares about us, but, but the conversation partner, the person we're talking to, also helps shift our perspective. Maybe they ask, so, hey, Caleb, here, oh yeah, I hear it. I feel you, man, you're, you're, you're struggling. Mm -hmm. this, can't, this probably happened before. How'd you deal with this last time? What'd you do last time? Or, you know, Caleb, it's funny you say that. I experienced the same thing recently. Here's what I did. Mm -hmm. Or, so what do you think you can do? I mean, you know, the experience is over. It's not, it's not you can't get it back. How can we get past this? So those yeah. are all cues that are designed to help people help broaden others' perspectives. And I think there's an art to doing this. It's not a formulaic, ask these three questions and the person will feel better. The conversation partner needs to feel out the person they're talking with to figure out how can I best broaden their perspective? Mm -hmm. um, so that's a, that's a way that relationships can help. Uh, let me give you one environmental tool. Yeah. Uh, we can, often when we're experiencing chatter, our thoughts feel out of control, as we talked about before. We're pinging. We don't know how to work through this problem. What we've learned is that you can regain control inside your head by taking control of your environment. So let, let me tell you a story. So when I was writing the book, Chatter, um, it's funny because the book's name is Chatter, but we're talking about Chatter, so it can get confusing. <laughs> yeah. So when I was writing Chatter, there'd be moments where I'd experience that state. Oh my God, I've got, you know, I'm only halfway through the chapter. I've got a deadline coming up. I can't think straight. I've been at it for all day. What am I going to do? And I'd find myself doing something strange when that happens, often without thinking. I would go to the kitchen and I'd start cleaning all the dishes, neatly stacking them, and then scrubbing down the kitchen island. And I say that's strange because if you if you knew me well, you would know that I I'm while I'm a clean individual, I'm not necessarily a particularly orderly individual. My there's usually mm -hmm. books, stacks of books and papers all over my office. But here I am, neatly putting things in piles and away. What I was doing, and what many people reflexively do when they're experiencing chatter, is they they try to compensate for the lack of order in their head by establishing order all around them. And so that's another tool. That's a way of leveraging our environment to help us on the inside. So, so those are three types of, of, of things people can do. Changing the way they think on their own, interacting with other people and the world around us. There are lots of other tools that fall in each of those buckets that, that I talk about in the book. Yeah. Have, uh, have you seen a relationship between maybe how much chatter someone experiences and maybe social media at all? So social media is really interesting uh, because it 
on, on the one hand, it provides us with a giant megaphone for our inner voice. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this is still true, but when I was writing the book, the prompt on, at Facebook was like, what's on your mind, right? That's what it asked you to articulate. And one of the things we've learned is that social media is not good or bad when it comes to chatter. It can be both. It really depends on how you use it. And fortunately, we are beginning to learn how to use it in healthy versus harmful ways, some of which I talk about in chatter, um, so that we can navigate this space optimally. So we know, for example, that social media allows us to curate the way we present ourselves to the world, right? Like on, on, mm -hmm. a, on a news feed or an Instagram page, I'm posting the best pictures, the wittiest comments. I'm not that witty or airbrushed in person, right? But yeah. on social media, I am. And so what studies have shown is that when you log into social media and you scroll passively through your, your feeds, you're constantly exposed to these glorified presentations of others. Oh my God, all this person does is succeed in life. It's amazing. And you know, on the one hand, you're looking at their success. On the other hand, you're aware of your own vulnerabilities and you don't feel so good. Envy and rumination um, and chatter can follow. Mm -hmm. So that would be a not optimal way of, of using social media uh, for chatter. On the other hand, social media provides us with this amazing opportunity to connect with broad networks of people who can help us. We can help them if they're having problems by providing them with chatter support, and they can help us by giving us advice and, 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 and emotional support. And so social media isn't good or bad. It depends on how you use it. And fortunately, we are, we are beginning to accumulate scientific findings that can guide us with respect to how to use it in healthy versus harmful ways. Mm -hmm. What surprised you the most whenever you were researching uh, Chatter, your book? Um, what surprised me the most? Um, well, you know, the, the fact that tools exist for managing Chatter really all around us, I found to be just fascinating. The idea that these linguistic shifts, these subtle linguistic shifts that many people engage in unknowingly can have implications for how they think and feel to um, specific ways of interacting with the physical world around us. You know, I talk about the restorative effects of exposure to green spaces and how being in nature can help us with chatter or how experiencing the emotion of awe that can help with our chatter to using lucky charms and engaging in rituals. I mean, just the constellation of, of tools that exist that we've evolved to possess, that to me was, was, was really fascinating. Um, you know, the other observation was that there are no magic pills. And, you know, I think we're often looking for magic pills, specific single techniques. Here's the two-step process to help. And, I really don't think they exist. Instead, we have lots of different tools. And I think there's a challenge that awaits both scientists like myself and, 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 and people who are just trying to, to implement this science in their lives, which is to figure out what are the combinations of tools that work best for different people in different situations. When I'm experiencing chatter, 
I may rely on three techniques or three tools when it's chatter in my personal life and five other ones when it's a professional experience. And so trying to figure out how those tools fit together and work in daily life, I think that's a a really interesting question um, that um, both science and, and people who are just living can try to answer for themselves. Yeah. Have uh, What did your research, if anything, did it reveal whenever it comes to um, either verbal processing or even just writing out your chatter uh, on like pen and paper in a journal or anything like that? Well, there's a lot of great work by a psychologist named Jamie Pennybaker at the University of Texas, who he's shown over decades that something called expressive writing can be a valuable tool for managing negative experiences. And so what you do with expressive writing is you you write about your deepest thoughts and feelings for 15 to 20 minutes continuously for one to three days. And engaging in that writing exercise has been shown to be useful for helping people create create a story about their experience that helps them work through it. And so that is one of the tools I talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing that I want to ask you about is, you know, we all have, uh, you know, people that we're leading or family members or friends who are experiencing chatter as well. How can we help the people in our lives work through their own chatter? Well, I think there are a couple of things that you can do. Uh, you know, number one, the, some of the, the the ideas we spoke about earlier about how do, how so one of the things I talk about in in chatter is not only how you can obtain good support, but how can you be a better chatter advisor to mm-hmm. others? And that's not a that's not an easy thing always. There, you know, other people we're all tricky, we're all complicated, mm-hmm. and so what I tried to do in the book is offer some basic principles about how you can navigate your conversations with other loved ones in in a, in a way that ultimately helps them. And so, so there are some principles there that you can look at, uh, and I think that's one way that you could directly help them. But another thing you could do is is share some of the science behind what tools exist that are useful for managing chatter. So, you know, when my, when my daughters are experiencing chatter over something, I'll, I'll, I'll try to, you know, suggest tools that, that I write about in the book that there are studies on, which, so they work and, you know, I'll say, well, why don't we go for a walk in the Arboretum? Let's get some space. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if they're really worried about what would you tell, what would you tell a friend if this were happening to them? Can you give them mm-hmm. advice? Imagine you were the mommy. What would you tell if this was your daughter? How would you sit, coach them through the experience? Yeah. Or imagine you're Superman or Supergirl. How would Supergirl deal with this situation? These are all different tools, right, that exist. And so I think the more knowledgeable you are about the tools that exist, the better position you'll be in to help others. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, just as uh, we're getting ready to wrap up, I always love to ask, any other things that we haven't covered? I mean, I know that there's a lot uh, from the book, but anything else uh, that you would just want to share with our audience before um, before we end? Um, well, I, maybe we'll just just to recap. Yeah. You know, uh, the inner voice introspection—it's not good or bad; it's both. Yeah. And and I think the challenge we all face is to figure out how to how to harness it to reduce reduce the negatives and increase the positives. Lots of tools exist. And, um, 
and that's a good thing. So, uh, you know, if, if people want to learn more, they can yeah. check out the chatter will be available. Will be well. Um, I was going to say by the, by the time that this is out, yeah, the book by the time this out. is out, chatter will be available. <laughs> so it's it's you know check out uh, any book bookshop near you online, and if you want to learn more about the book, you could go to my website www.ethancross.com. It's cross with a K K R O S S. And um, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, and thanks for, I mean, this is just such an incredible resource that. I know that I'm going to be using and is just helpful to so many people. So thanks for doing the work of just creating it. Yeah. Well, thank, thanks so much. Uh, I appreciate that. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to make sure that you don't miss any episodes of the Learner's Corner is by subscribing to the podcast and whatever podcast player you may use, whether that be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, or any other podcast player that you may use. Just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Also, I'll leave a rating and write a review of the podcast as well. That really does help the podcast continue to spread um, and continue to grow and further the audience as well. And I'd be super grateful for that. Also, I would love to hear if anything from this episode stood out to you. You can go ahead and reach out to me at Caleb J. Mason. Or if there's something that you're really excited about that you would love to learn more about, would love to hear any suggestions on that. And Instagram is the best way to reach out to me on that as well couple quick shout-outs. I want to say thanks again to Garrett and to Sam and to Ethan for helping make this podcast awesome. Super grateful for all of you. And I think that's all that I got for today. And so until next time, keep learning and keep growing. <laughs>